0: Welcome to another episode of The Rich Happy Dentist, where being rich in dentistry isn't just about the money, it's about building a practice around your life instead of building your life around your dental practice. I'm your host, Amy, and today, Dr. Brady and I will discuss what constitutes success when it comes to case acceptance. So, Dr. Brady, uh, you and I have talked a lot about uh, case acceptance percentage, and in a recent doctor meeting, um, we had that conversation. So, what should doctors aim for in regards to percentage of case acceptance?
1: Well, that's a great question, Amy. And, and again, just to kind of elaborate a little bit on that, I think um, one of the things that uh, doctors will come to sometimes say to me is say, you know, I get 100% case acceptance, or I get 80% case acceptance. And that tells me that either they are, uh, you know, God's gift to dentistry and people are flocking to them for miles around, or uh, they're just not diagnosing anything. They're just diagnosing broken teeth. Because I, I will say that one of the things that doctors are a little bit afraid of doing sometimes is just being able to sit down and comprehensively diagnose. And so in short, to answer your question, I'm really happy with 50%. Meaning that 50% say yes and 50% say no. And that tells me that, um, well, let let me clarify that a little bit more. If my case acceptance skills are where they should be, the percentage should be about 50%. Meaning that there are 50% of the people that for some reason, whether it's timing or money or or just situations, are not able to um, uh, accept treatment at that particular time. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to accept it down the road, but at that particular day, the answer happens to be no. And so I think doctors should um, be happy if their case acceptance skills are great and if they're diagnosing comprehensively, then the number that I'm looking at really is about 50%. Now, one thing also is if you told a, a salesperson just on the street, somebody that's selling a widget, that he could get... 50% of his people to say yes to his product, he would be ecstatic. He would be doing backflips over and over and over. Um, Or half of the people that walk into a car dealership, you know, a salesperson could get half of them to buy. They would be just ecstatic over that. So I think doctors, on the other hand, uh, are a little bit um, maybe perfectionistic. In other words, they, they feel bad if somebody says no to treatment because they might feel like it's They, you know, the patient doesn't trust them, which could be true Mm -hmm. or whatever. But the point is, is you can't, you can't take no as a, as as a forever no. A no is just something that happens, you know, today or now. And and so that's kind of the, how the numbers work on that. Approximately 50% if you're diagnosing comprehensively and your case acceptance skills are up to snuff.
0: OK, so definitely there's a correlation between the amount and kind of treatment diagnosed and an acceptable case acceptance percentage. So let's talk a little bit more about that doctor that uh, says he's diagnosing almost 100 um, percent. You know, we with our members, uh, we you know look at their scoreboard, which measures uh, case acceptance. And uh, oftentimes we'll find that, like you said, um, more often than not, it's it's the um, kind of dentistry they're diagnosing. So uh, in talking about that particular topic, why is that mindset the way it is? I mean, in other words, what what would you say to a doctor who is diagnosing uh, pathology only or broken teeth only and getting close to hundred percent acceptance? What kind of encouragement can we give them?
1: Well, great question. I think uh, the the story that comes to mind, and this is ancient history, for those younger doctors, before websites, there were a thing called yellow pages. (laughs) I remember a yellow page ad years ago here in Colorado Springs that said, um, you know, toothaches treated 24-7. I think that the the fee was $75 or $125 or something uh, cash. And this guy told me that he got 100% case acceptance off of that ad, off of that ad or that quote unquote website, Yellow Pages website, <laughs> because um, he he said I'll you know whatever your toothache problem is I'll take it out for whatever the number was, and he was really proud of the fact that he got really good case acceptance. Well, again, you you have to look at okay who are these people that are calling that number number one? They're desperate. They're in pain. They're going to say yes to anything. Um, and, and, and number two, uh, he didn't talk about replacing the tooth with either bridge or implant or whatever the case may be. He just talked about that one particular moment in time mm-hmm. where they just did one thing. And so um, uh, it, it, it's, it's just sort of a false sense of, of um, accomplishment, I guess is the right word, when you, when you say I get 100% you know, case acceptance, uh, just because it's just, that's not reality. It's reality only in emergency crisis, painful, bleeding, swelling dentistry. That's right. people are going to say yes to to whatever you say, and um, so that that's the thing about it. And then what happens is dentists get caught up in this popularity contest where they try to diagnose less. Um, I had a young dentist client years ago that I'll never forget that that uh, he was he was you know talking with a patient and he he kept talking about whitening the person's teeth. And the dentist was just bent on giving that person whitening. Although the patient kept talking about all his back teeth and how he didn't like the, the black fillings and just went on and on. And Dennis said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But boy, you know, we could sure make them, uh, you know, your teeth nice and white if we bleach them. And, <laughs> and it was, it was interesting to me that the, the, I think the patient actually did buy the bleaching, but they didn't buy all the rest of the stuff because the doctor didn't even talk about it, even though the patient wanted it, the patient asked for it or asked about it. And so that tells me that sometimes dentists go into the, the room with an agenda their own personal agenda. They're not willing to listen to the patient or figure out exactly what the patient does want. And, and so that really messes things up uh, for them and they, they end up diagnosing just a little tiny bit. The, the other thing that really in today's world um, fast forwarding to today, uh, doc- doctors sometimes are excited because they can uh, get hundred percent acceptance um, on a crown, let's say, on selling single unit crowns Mm -hmm. or procedures that the PPO insurance will pay for. Well, again, that, that isn't really diagnosing comprehensively. That's only diagnosing, you know, maybe broken teeth. And I think hygienists sometimes are put in the position that they, they're supposed to quote unquote sell dentistry and they end up looking for things that are broken and it's easy to sell a, a crown on a tooth that's broken in half. I mean, that's, again, that's kind of a no brainer a little bit. So you have to look at that and say, all right, what, what really, when I say, you know, getting, getting 50% or getting hundred percent diagnosis, what am I getting on? What kind of diagnosis? And again, um, dentists for the most part, not always, but for the most part underdiagnosed. They try to get involved in that popularity contest like I was talking about and tell patients that, that uh, um, you know, everything looks good because that's what patients want to hear. They don't want to hear that they've got bad news, you know, stuff going on, but, but uh, we're, we're not supposed to tell them that either. But it just, it's just one of those things that they've got, to, um, they've got to make the time and take the time to diagnose comprehensively.
0: Right. Well, and, and speaking of that popularity, popularity contest, I was talking with the doctor last week, and he was very proud of the fact that he got a lot of new patients from a doctor across town that, in, in his words, overdiagnosed. And he said, I don't ever want my patients to feel like I'm trying to sell them something they don't need. And uh, so you and I know the answer to that, which uh, is kind of a sneak peek into next uh, our next podcast in terms of uh, uh, patient ownership. But tell me i mean let's talk about that for a minute what is that doctor's mindset
1: well again if people feel like they've been overdiagnosed or sold something it's because the dentist has made it all about his or her agenda like i alluded to a little bit earlier in other words they they uh, you know they just went to a seminar on uh, you know, Invisalign or whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. But so every patient walks in, you know, they talk to him about Invisalign. I had a, a rep come to my office a while back and he was selling me a, a new way to straighten teeth, um, uh, at least new, new for his company. And, and uh, you know, he, he kept talking about every patient you should ask this, every patient you should ask this and talk to them about their, their crooked teeth and lower anterior crowding, those kinds of things. Well, yeah, you, you can do that. That's okay, but again, is that comprehensive? I, I don't think so. And uh, people that uh, dentists that overdiagnose are accused of being uh, of overdiagnosing. If they're accused of that, it's generally because it's not the patient's idea. Right. It doesn't really have anything to do with the amount of treatment diagnosed. It's how it's presented. And the patient, uh, if they feel like um, they're being pushed. Uh, that is really a red flag. And that, that tells me that the, di- the doctor is, is pushing his or her agenda, uh, that they are telling the patients what they need. They are only diagnosing pathology, et cetera. And I think it's one question I asked my, my doctors this last week in, in one of our webinars was, you know, why do people come see you? I mean, what are they looking for? When they walk in your door, what, what are they looking for? And a lot of times the doctors don't know, and they say, Well, my insurance or their insurance paid for cleaning, and you know, they just came in to get their teeth cleaned. Well, again, I just think that we need to broaden our our view on that a little bit and say, All right, these people are coming to see me for a specific reason, uh, or at least they ought to be, as opposed to just the fact that you're on a list somewhere. And that really will lead you into getting out of the popularity contest, trying not to be too pushy by telling people what they need. I remember, you know, I had dentists when I was young in my career tell me, yeah, I just tell my my patients if they don't do something, they're going to need a root canal. And so <laughs> that scares them into doing it. So we might have we might have all kinds of different motives for, for selling the dentistry. It might be because the doctor, you know, needs more money. It could be the, the fact that the, the doctor, you know, wants to push crowns or veneers or whatever, you know, the case may be. It could be that they're just... Um, uh, again, diagnosing only what's broken. And, and, and so there are a lot of problems with that whole diagnosis arena. And I could, I could get into that on another time too and, and just talk about the fact that diagnosing is so critical. I've never seen dentistry done that wasn't diagnosed. And so we, we, we need to focus on that. But <laughs> having said that, we need to get out of the rut of us thinking that um, – we are in charge of the patient's treatment because if you're feeling that, if you feel like you, that's your responsibility to tell people what's wrong with them, then you are being pushy. Then you are overdiagnosing in the patient's eyes. Could not be in yours, and it could not be. I mean, even across the board, it could not be true overdiagnosis. But the perception of overdiagnosis is real and can. Cause the patient to reject the treatment. The other thing that we hear sometimes, Amy, and you know this, is that uh, people will come to us and say, well, yeah, my last dentist or the the dentist I went to, boy, he was expensive. (laughs) And that, again, tells me that there was no value created by the patient uh, with that doctor in what what the doctor had to do. So so there's a lot of components that go into case acceptance, um, but oftentimes it's, um, it's just because the doctor hasn't got uh, his or hers right
0: glasses on, if you will. Right. I, I just want to put an exclamation point on this soundbite. <laughs> just something that you said, basically, if you're perceived as over diagnosing, it has nothing to do with the amount of the treatment diagnosed. It's how it's communicated. And exactly. That is, that is so true. I think, um, you know, we can take one patient, we know this, and put them in a, a room with 100 dentists and get 100 different treatment plans. And uh, the way that the patient's going to choose who is, is uh, they'd like to do their dentistry really has nothing to do with the fee or the amount. It's, it's how that person made them feel. It's did they feel, feel a part of that process? And again, that's... Uh, uh, another topic for another day, but uh, you know, as we talk about dentists who do take uh, the word "no" as a personal rejection, and they feel offended, or you know, you talked earlier about the fact that the patient might trust, might not trust them, or um, that maybe they aren't competent. They leave the room with their tail between their legs, and uh, you know, they then start to carry this well, gee, I better back off, kind of a mentality, and then maybe they start watching things. What, uh, what do you think about that?
1: <laughs> I, I think watching things is crazy. Um, uh, you know, I, the question I always tell the dental assistants to ask the doctor if the doctor says, well, we're going to watch those teeth. I just tell them to, to say, okay, what, what are you going to watch it do, doctor? Do you mind explaining to the patients and I the benefits of waiting and watching on that, you know? <laughs> I mean, dentistry is unique in the fact that it's either broken or it's not kind of, you know what I mean? I mean, there's, there's a little gray in there, but, but still the point is, is you, you, you turn that over to the patient and, and doctors sometimes wait until it breaks, which isn't a benefit to the patient. Why not fix it early on so that you can do it in a preventive sort of way? So that, uh, that's exactly right. And I think dentists, for, for a lot of reasons, they get involved in this whole thing emotionally. And, and I will say, Amy, too, one of the things that the doctors say to us in our program, uh, you know, after they're in our program for a while and they kind of figure out how to present dentistry and, and really what the attitude should be in the conversation with the patient is they often come to me and say, Chris, you know, it, it, since I've been diagnosing the way you've said and, and done case acceptance the way you've taught us, um, my stress level has gone down. And because I don't own it anymore, the patient owns it. And, okay. and so there is a lot of, there's a lot of psychology that goes, goes on in, in between the dentist's ears as he or she, you know, um, diagnoses and communicates with the patients. Um, it's, it's not, well, l- let me say one other thing that kind of goes along with what you're saying. The other key thing is you have to diagnose, you have to take time to diagnose chair side diagnosis is, is really a bad way to do it. Uh, You zip in, you see the hygiene patient, you sit down and you check their teeth and say, Oh, everything looks fine. Or you got one tooth that's broken over here, you know, or you got two, which one do you want to do now? Your insurance will pay for one. You know, we go down that road and, and diagnosis takes a lot of time and talking with a patient takes a lot of time. And I have found since COVID that in my own practice that, that, uh, I've, I've been able to take more time because we're slower than we used to be as far as the volume of patients that have come are coming in. And my diagnosis and case acceptance and, and uh, pro- productivity has gone up significantly because I've been able to take more time. And so don't rush the diagnosis part. Don't rush the, you know, a comprehensive exam. Take the time to do that and it will it will it will bless your life.
0: Are you so busy working in your practice that you don't have time to work on your dental practice? Take some time out to do something your future self will thank you for and join us at one of our upcoming team training events. Check out the show notes for registration links and details.